welcome to the Squats and Signs podcast hosted by USA National Team Head Coach Aaron Comesti and SNS Barbell Owner and Coach Joe Cristando. In this podcast, we go over various powerlifting topics in detail and use real-life examples to help you better understand key concepts. Welcome to Squats and Science Podcast, Episode 5. Uh, I'm Joe Cristando, and I'm joined with Arian Kamesi, and today we're going to be discussing uh 2019 IPF Classic Worlds preview. Um, first, we'll do a little catching up. Arian, what have you been up to? You just got back from Tokyo for uh, Bench Worlds. How was that? Yeah, I've been back for a, a few days now trying to catch up on sleep before I go to Sweden. Um, so I was there for about 11 days, and we had a few lifters from the team compete. So um, the first day we had from Canada, we had Joanna Reber competing in the uh, Masters 1 52-kilo class. And uh, she got first place in her weight class, and she actually got uh, best lifter for that Masters 1 as well across all the weight classes. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then second day we had off, and third day we had Joanna Reber again competing, this time in the Open, and um, also Kate Mendel. So we had Joanna in the 52s and Kate Mendel in the 57s. And Joanna got a third place. She actually tied the second place um, but lost on body weight. And then Kate in the uh, tough weight class got ninth place. Where actually the, the top three girls broke the world record on their second attempts and then broke the world record again, all three of them on their third attempts. So that's pretty, pretty crazy. And then uh, I had a few days off again, and then we had the equipped for the second half of the championship. So we had Chelsea Hustad in the uh, equipped 57 Open, and she actually hit a five kilo PR in her total and ended up getting third place after a couple other girls missed. Uh, one bombed out the favorite, um, so that really moved us up higher than we expected, and she got third place. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. How did you like Japan? Uh, it was fun. It was a uh, really different. I mean, some of the stuff I had read about online about how everything is so clean and everyone is uh, quiet on like the uh, train and how the trains are very efficient and that kind of stuff like that. Uh, food's really good though. Some of the foods also very interesting with squid or or <laughs> chicken liver and necks and shark fin and some gotta, really weird stuff. You got to embrace it. I've had. Uh... I've had raw chicken in Japan. I've had raw horse meat. I've had all kinds. Of crazy. Yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty different, but it was a good experience. That's right. When we we saw that Bench Worlds was going to be in Japan about a couple of years ago, we we planned ahead of time to see who we can get on the team, so have an excuse to go out there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, and what's been going on in New York? Uh, so we finally got SNS Bushwick open, uh, after months of <laughs> heartache and delay. Um, and that feels really good. And we also brought on, uh, two new in-person coaches, Jacob Lynch and Shane Drozdak. And, uh, those guys have been pulling some weight and picked up a bunch of clients. Um, the coaching program is growing pretty, pretty fast. Um, so yeah, it's kind of smooth sailing once we got the gym open it's a really nice space too so can't wait to have a meet there and have people see it 
Yeah, yeah. And and so that's how you actually say uh, Shane's last name, Drozdak? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like no one knows, but there's like no vowels in there. There's no vowels and two Zs. Uh, <laughs> we just call him the Beef Mountain, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, no one actually says his last name. <laughs> so, so we got Coach Coach Beef Mountain. He lives he lives right above Bushwick. He lives literally next to the gym, which is amazing. Um, yeah, he's he's uh they've been they've been doing a good job, so it's pretty awesome. And yeah, we're, yeah. we're also, as you know, we're overhauling the coaching program and doing a bunch of cool stuff there. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have them on one of these episodes going forward, so people can meet them. That'd be cool. Um, all right, so let's get into some Classic Worlds talk. This let's is do it. the seventh Classic Worlds, correct? So it, it kind of depends on uh, what you go off of. So like the way the IPF usually does it is they'll do what's called like a, a cup first to kind of like test out the championship. And then if it goes well and they want to keep it around, then they call it a world championship. So like in 2012, they did a Classic Cup. And then starting 2013, they call it the World Championship. So it depends on whether you actually consider the 2012 a World Championship or not. Right. Um, or it's just like a cup or invitation or whatever you want to call it. And on top of that, in 2012, when they did the cup, they only had the open age division. So they were just testing it out with the open age to see how it went. And then in 2013, they brought on sub-junior and junior age divisions. And then finally in 2014... They brought on the Masters 1, 2, 3, and 4 age divisions. So then, again, it depends on which world championship you're competing in, how many years it's been. But if you just basically go off of the Open and the first time they tested it out, it's been since 2012. Right. So 2012 was the first year they had a, a world raw championship? Yep. And uh, just going over locations, 2012 was in Sweden. 2013 was Russia. 2014 was supposed to originally be Kazakhstan, but I guess due to a bunch of failures on their team, they moved it to South Africa. And that's actually where Jordan and, and Nate competed at. Yep. 20, 2015 was Finland. 2016 was USA. 2017 was Belarus. 2018 was Canada. And then now in 2019, we're back in Sweden. Yeah. And the sport has gotten a lot bigger since its inception. Yeah, so yeah, the first couple of championships, uh, especially when it was just the open age division, it wasn't as big of a championship. But the last few years, probably since like 2015 in Finland, it's been getting a really big, like six, seven, eight, eight hundred lifters when you combine all the age divisions. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. So way more competitive. Um, so yeah, it, it was interesting. I just wanted to mention too, because I was looking at the results going back. And in uh, 2012, for like the men, that the third highest Wilkes across all the weight classes was 515, which back then were like, oh man, 515, that's a lot. Like all these three guys are over 500 Wilkes. Um, and then now you go forward and 515 Wilkes, uh, it probably won't even get you top 15 um, at the World Championships this year. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so something interesting that I pointed out that uh, you corrected me on was I was looking at the nominations and I saw that Heather Connor and Hannah Rontala have the same qualifying total. Um, would you like to just talk about that correction? Yeah, so the, the way the IPF does it, or the way you're supposed to do it, 
is you submit a preliminary nominations with the deadline is 60 days out from the start of championship. And you're supposed to give the best squat, the best bench, the best deadlift, and the best total the lifters done in a national or international competition in the last 12 months. Um, now, they don't go and actually, like, check all this to make sure to, that the countries are actually submitting the right stuff. So some countries may actually submit the right stuff. Like, for us in the U.S., we'll sit, submit from what happened at Raw Nationals. Or if the lifter competed maybe at the Arnold in the same weight class, we'll give the updated numbers from the Arnold. Uh, but some some countries will just submit um, whatever numbers. It might even be from like a higher weight class. Like if they move from the 52s down to 47s, they might submit their numbers from the 52s. Or there's times before where lifters like only competed equipped and the country nominates them for raw. So they put in their equipped numbers. So you, you can't always trust that the right numbers are being submitted. And sometimes the lifter has done better numbers prior to those 12 months or maybe in a local competition. Um, right. so sometimes the, the nominations might show that like a battle's really close and then you go look up more results in the lifter and you see like, Oh, maybe they've actually done 20 or 30 kilos more in a competition where it matters, but maybe they could like win nationals easy, or maybe they change weight classes and the nominee numbers are, are, are lower. Um, and then, uh, we also have a, a final nominations that are submitted and those are due 21 days out. And basically the difference with that is with preliminary nominations, you can move lifters up and down weight classes. You can have a alternates list. And then if someone drops out from the team, you can put in the alternates. But once those final nominations are due, you can't change anything other than remove lifters. So like now when the nominations are set, no, no one can change the weight class. No one new can be added. So you at least know who's competing and in which weight class. And they, ha they have to make weight for that weight class or they can't compete. Um, and if they uh, don't show up or they drop out, then, yeah, you can't put anyone else on there. So at least now we have a, a list of who's competing for what country, and you can go look up what their actual numbers are from other competitions and training and that kind of stuff. And start comparing. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because on paper it looked like they were really close, but you said Heather had a higher total. Yeah, she's done 397.5 before. Uh, so, yeah, when you look at that, then all of a sudden it's like 20, 22 and a half kilo difference. And for Hannah, she's jumped around between 47s and 52s before. So sometimes her numbers are actually like what she's done at 52. And then her numbers at 47 are actually lower than that. Right. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So our uh, the SNS network, we have uh, we have some people heading to Sweden. Um, you have a few lifters, right? Yes, uh, I'll start off first with uh, some of our lifters that uh, were on the alternate list. So like I said, when you submit your pre preliminary nominations for each team, you can submit five alternates. And then if you need to, you can switch those alternates in. So we actually had a few people that got second place at nationals and made the alternates. So we had, um, we had for example, Jonathan Garcia got second place. So he was one of the alternates for the U.S. team. We had uh, Hannah Haynes in the juniors. Um, I believe she got third in her weight class, so she was on as an alternate. We had uh, Sarah Brenner, who got second place at nationals, so she was an alternate. And Lauren Roseman um, got second place as well in the, in the Masters 1, uh, or the second highest ranked Masters 1. So she was uh, as an alternate as well. So they were on there. They were alternate, whatever, ranked between 1 and 5. Um, and didn't quite make the team because we didn't need to replace anyone. So now they've been removed. And so the lifters that we do have actually on the team 
are uh, we got Chiaki Takada, who is a, um, here down here in Miami next to me. We got uh, Roxanne Lord, a new lifter that started up with me. Um, it'll be our first meet together in person. She did one, one um, on her own uh, local meet. We have Frances Manius from Canada. She'll be in the, in the Masters. Um, I've coached her through a couple of nationals before. Um, and she'll actually be going down a weight class for this. So while she competed as a 63 at nationals, they already have two 63s on the Canadian team. So she's actually going down to the 57s. Wow. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, also from Canada, we have Alyssa Smith, who will be competing in the, the 72 Open, which is a uh, pretty stacked weight class. Uh, she's currently nominated uh, fifth place in that weight class. That's cool. Yeah, we have a we have a couple people who train at the gym who are who are heading there. Uh, Alyssa Forbes trains at Bushwick. Um, Taylor, uh, we don't see him too too often anymore, but he's a unofficial SNS friend. And uh, Dave Ricks trains at uh, Boynton. Yeah, he moved down a, a year or two down ago to Florida, so now he trains at Boynton Barbell Center. So he trains with our, our crew down there uh, with Chris and Mason, the other guys. Yeah, cool. And, uh, and Melissa, actually, even even though we don't coach her, I actually handled her in uh, a world championship before. And so and then she's actually been coming now to Bushwick to train, and I'm going to be handling her again uh, this year. So... That'll be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see what she does. She's uh, s- super dedicated. She shows up at like 3 a.m. to do her training. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I've seen some of her stories asking people if they want to show up at 4 a.m. and train with her. Yeah, I don't think she's had many takers. <laughs> but she gets it done, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, the juicy part. Uh <laughs> Some interesting, interesting battles that could happen. Um, let's start with the women 52s in the open. Uh, Joy Namani and Marissa Enda. Um, seems like they could be pretty close this year. Joy has a higher qualifying total than her, I believe. Yep. So, yeah, based on the nominations, uh, Joy is at 432.5 and Marissa is at uh, 415.5. Um Again, it, it depends on uh, which competitions you look at because uh, Marissa's actually done more than that back in 2017. Uh, but since then, she's been dealing with a couple injuries. Um, and so her her deadlift hasn't really been where it was before um, since 2017, but she's kind of getting back up there. So even though it shows that there's a 17-kilo difference, I think it's going to be a closer battle between those two. Um and looking at some of their some of their numbers that posting on IG, we did some research on them. I saw Joy post up 151 kilos, which is 333 pounds for a double on squats. Yeah. Compared to Marissa, I saw her post up 145 kilos, 319 pounds for a double. So it's only a, a, a six kilo difference there on squats. Right. Um, there hasn't been much that Joy's posted uh, online. I seen for bench bench press. So we don't know much about where her bench press is right now, but she's around 85 kilos is what her nomination is, whereas Marissa's done 102.5 kilos, 226 pounds for one like pretty easy touch and go in the gym. 
And then uh, deadlifts, they've both done 190 kilos, 418 pounds in training recently. But Marissa did it for one, and Joy did it for three sets of three, since that's her, her, her big lift, and she actually has the world record in the deadlift. Yeah, so going to be so some when, ground to catch up for Marissa, but she's got a really good bench. Yeah, so when, yeah, when you look at that, you look, okay, Joy might have her on squat, and then uh, Marissa will take it back on bench, and then we'll have to see how much, uh, at that point, the subtotal, uh, how the much difference is to see how much Joy needs to gain the ground back on deadlift. Um, it could come down to one of them pulling for the win, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, the last couple meets, like I said, uh, Marissa hasn't been able to do a PR deadlift because she's been injured. So now it looks like she's healthy. So that'll definitely put some pressure on, on Joy to have to do like a big big pull at the end and, and maybe even have to chip her world record to uh, get that uh, final finish um, based on also on what they, they weigh in at, see who's a lighter person. And uh, Joy tends to uh, cut a lot as well. So she's competed in 52s and 57s. And she has, I believe, the world record deadlift in both. Whereas, like, Marissa walks around at 52 or under 52 uh, the whole time. So that'll be interesting, too, to see how much of a hit Joy's numbers take um, from the training numbers when she has to cut that weight down. So it's, it's definitely going to be uh, a battle of those top two and then a little drop-off for the rest of the people. And then between those two, yeah, I mean, if, if Marissa can can get three squats in, then that's going to be like some early pressure on, uh, on Joy to make sure she gets all three deadlifts in and probably have to pull a world record to uh, beat her. Yeah, if Marissa's six for six, then uh, it's definitely going to put some pressure on Joy. Yeah, and, and what happened last year was Marissa had some issues with uh, the, the depth that was being called by the referee, so she had to retake an attempt and couldn't do as much as she wanted to on squat so that kind of put her behind going into deadlifts and then she had to try and do a big deadlift um, while she was also injured and so she couldn't um, get that final deadlift to put the pressure on joy and joy had already won before she even had to do her third deadlift so this time if, if marissa can get her depth down and get three squats in um, bench is usually not a problem with her She'll be able to get three benches in, and then that'll put the, the pressure on Joy, I think, really, um, which should make it interesting because it might even turn out where they both break the world record total. I think it's around 430.5, I think it is right now. So yeah. it could be where maybe they total 433 or 435.5 um, coming down to that very end where they both break the world record total, and then we'll see who, who gets the win. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good one to watch. Then we yeah. have. Um, so, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, so, what's your prediction? Uh, admittedly, haven't paid too close attention to their training, um, but Marissa has a ton of experience, and I think if she's healthy, then she's she uh, she could be a contender. She's also a, a gamer, so I mean, if it came down to pulling for something, I feel like she 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 could probably. Yeah, I might have to agree with you. Uh, Marissa's been around a little bit longer than uh, than Joy. I, I saw Marissa at her first world championship in 2014, and she's obviously done nationals um, before that a couple times. So she definitely has experience at both national and world championships. Um, she gets to work work with her coach in person, Chad, pretty much every session. She doesn't have to uh, 
cut cut the weight like Joy does. Um, and, and it seems like she's 100% healthy. So, yeah, I, I kind of have to uh, put her as the, uh, the favorite to uh, win. And that's who I think will end up winning. Cool. And you get the handler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so no bias there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure, Arian is the, uh, the, the open uh, coach. <laughs> yeah. The national coach. <laughs> um, all right. Next we have uh, women 57s with uh, Megan Scanlon and Maria Hattie. And uh, let's pull up the number real quick. Uh, I think I, I'm just going to say it now. I think Megan's going to win. Uh, <laughs> just go straight to the prediction. Going straight to my prediction. She looks, one, she looks crazy jacked. <laughs> um, and just her training. I've been, I follow her training. Um, and she's just been crushing it. So just going off of uh, inst- the old Instagram, it looks, she's looking like the favorite for me. Yeah, so, for example, looking at these nominations, again, it looks like a, a big gap with Marie at 483 and, and Megan only at 457.5. But that total that Maria did at Nationals, she was actually in a 63-kilo class. She weighed in at 60. So that 483 uh, point, uh, yeah, 483.0 is when she weighed 60 kilos, but when she's competed as a 57, her total, I believe, is around 460. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see since the Canadian Nationals was in March, how much um, she's been able to drop and how much of her strength she's been able to maintain while she's dropping that body weight. And then uh, then she hasn't posted much on what her body weight's at right now, so we don't know how much she's going to have to water cut. Um, But as far as her her training numbers, whatever body weight she's at right now, she hasn't been posting too much, but I've seen her post 180 kilos, which is 396 pounds on both her squat and her deadlift. Um, for her deadlift, just singles. And on her squat, I've seen her do it for doubles. Yeah. So that's pretty pretty close to her nominated squat of 185.5. Um, so depending on how much she's cut, her squat looks to to be there. For Ben, she's only posted up 97.5 kilos, 215 pounds. So it's a little bit lower than her, her nominated. And then uh, deadlift, it's possible she's not posting too much. Um, but what I did notice is that she's been trying out hook grip um, because in the past she's done mixed grip and she's had some issues with grip um, with holding on towards a lockout, especially when it gets like stuck on her legs. Yeah. So it looks like maybe she's trying out hook grip and, and she'll use that the World Championship. Maybe be able to hold on to a, a bigger deadlift. Um, so well, it'll be interesting to see for that. Also, uh, as we were just talking about before we got on this, that most non-American lifters don't post uh, too many training videos. So she hasn't been posting too much, so it's kind of hard to gauge exactly where she's at. But um. Yeah, uh, and, and part of it is just, uh, I think maybe like social media is bigger in the U.S. Like Instagram is huge in the U.S. Maybe it's not as big in these other countries. Um, and also, yeah, some of them are more about... Uh, not showing off any of the their lifts, they don't want to give basically like data to the the enemy of what they've been hitting, what their heaviest weights were, what their body weight is, what the rep PRs are. So yeah, Maria's kind of been posting like the same 180 kilo squat like over and over again every week. Who knows if she's been doing more or less than that? 
Whereas, yeah, U.S. people seem to tend to post every single set and every single training <laughs> session and post their body weight. I've seen sometimes people post, like, what, what they want to open up with. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a different world. This is also Megan's first uh, world, right? Yeah, so she used to compete as a uh, 63. So she's done a couple nationals as a 63 and gotten uh, top five before and then she decided to drop down to 57s and she won nationals and then yeah now this will be her first worlds so maria has um, a little bit of experience over her um yeah definitely maria has experience she's been to a, a few world championships a uh, bunch of nationals she's done to arnold so she's used to traveling and she's used to uh being on the big stage um versus megan yeah a little bit newer and, uh, again, we don't know where either of their body weights are at. Megan looks freaking jacked. Yeah, um, who knows how, <laughs> yeah, who knows how close she is to 57. Um, but her, yeah, her training numbers, like you said, have, have been, um, been crazy what she's been posting. She's been like repping over the world record squat. Um, from yes. what I've seen, she did 189 kilos for two, yeah. um, on squat, which yep. is over the world record. And then I saw her bench. 111.5 kilos for three and deadlift 182.5 kilos for three um i don't know if she's done anything heavier than that or if she's posted anything heavier than that that's just like her recent stuff that i've seen her post um so if you add those if you add those up even if they're just a single lifts it gets you basically to that 483 total that maria did at the heavier weight so she she's definitely right up there where if maria can cut those three kilos and maintain her strength. Well, Megan has basically put up gym numbers that match that total. So it's definitely going to be a closer battle than what, what it looks like on the nominations. Yeah, it's going to be a good one to watch. And uh, yeah. what's your prediction? Oh, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting first going into the, the squat because uh, they can chip the world record. And depending on what they weigh in at, that world record chip might come in uh, in handy when you get down to uh, the totals at the very end. Yeah. So uh, if Megan can uh, travel well and cut well and uh, get that world finish with that world record squat over Maria, I think that'll that'll put her in a good position to then just kind of make whatever she needs on bench press, and then they uh, they both might have uh, similar deadlifts. And then we'll just do uh, what we need to stay ahead on, on deadlifts. And Maria will have to do maybe some kind of big pull that she's never done before uh, with the hook grip. Um, and all the pressure will be on for her to uh, make it. So, uh, again, my bias might be shown, but I think uh, I go with what you said. And I think uh, Mick Scanlon's going to take it. Yeah, either way, it's going to be a good one to watch. Um, now we have the women 84 which is a battle between two Americans. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even, even below that, um, there'll be a little, a little bit of drop-off again between the top two. Um, but then uh, you look at the nominations, and it's kind of like the, the newcomers versus the, the veterans. So you have Danielle Mello and Amanda Lawrence. Um, they're both uh, still junior lifters competing in the Open. And then you have Ilya Strick from Netherlands, who is a master's lifter competing in the open and, and Ilya Strick's been around forever. She's won world championships in, uh, 
equipped powerlifting, raw powerlifting, bench press. She's been to the World Games. So she has, like, tons of experience. And she's won a bunch of times. She set a bunch of world records. Um, and then you have the two top USA girls where um, this would be Amanda Lawrence's first world. And uh, Daniela Mello is a returning, a returning champ. She's won junior. She's won open. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Val for those two, since we've already seen them compete at nationals and Dan- Danielle's won. And now they get a kind of a rematch here at Worlds with uh, Amanda was originally on the junior team. But since we had Jennifer Thompson drop out, we were able to bring Amanda from the alternate list into our open team. Yeah, and I think based on recent training, they're they're uh, they're pretty close. Yeah, they their uh, nominations are close too. Daniela is at six hundred one point five, and Amanda's at five ninety six. So just uh, that five and a half kilo difference. And then yeah, looking at the, what they've been posting as far as training numbers. Um, uh, Amanda's got the the squat where she's posted up 255 kilos compared to Danny hasn't posted too much in far squats, but she posted a 222.5 kilo squat. Yep. And then uh, bench Danny comes back and gets Amanda where she's posted 135 kilos to uh, Amanda's 122.5. And then their their delts are fairly similar in both the uh, nomination and what they've been posting in training. The heaviest I saw was. Danny at 247.5 and Amanda at 255. Um, and Danny also had the, the 240 uh, for a triple. So yeah. she might actually have more than 247.5. So yeah, looks pretty good too. Yeah. So definitely when you look at the total, it's could be similar numbers. It's just that Amanda has the squat and then Danny has the bench and then they're close in the deadlift. Yeah. This, this is one that I think is probably going to come down to experience um amanda does now is now coached by so that might uh that might change some things but she's had some kind of funky meat performances um and danny tends to tends to be pretty consistent come game day yeah it'll, it'll be interesting since they're both from the u.s and then now they're both coached by the same person so usually like for my teams if like two lifters are coached by the u.s and we have the opportunity to do it we'll have a one coach dedicated to one lifter one coach dedicated to the other lifter and then the head coach kind of watches over everything if we don't if we don't have that many coaches then it might be just one coach dedicated to both lifters um and the coach kind of gives a recommendation of what they think the attempt should be but the lifter kind of makes their final decision on what it should be so they're kind of like responsible for themselves and they make their own decisions of how they want their attempts to go. So I kind of will give Joey a little bit of freedom for him to choose what he wants for his lifters. And then they might also tell him what they want. So it kind of comes down to them of how aggressive or how conservative they want to be. But yeah, if you just look at like on paper, their, uh, their past performances, you see yeah, Danny makes a lot of attempts and the last couple of meets, the man is really trying to push her numbers and she'll miss some thirds here and there. Um, I, I won't make a prediction on this one since I have to uh, coach both of them. So uh, the, the only thing I'll say is, yeah, I kind of I, I agree with you that um, it's going to come down since it's so close on total. It's going to come down to like who is uh, in a better state that day which includes all like the traveling and the eating and making weight and, and, uh, 
being in front of the crowd and not being afraid and that kind of stuff. And then who's also the smarter lifter who's willing to uh, take the attempt that like they know they're going to get for sure rather than maybe reaching a little bit too far and missing, especially when it comes to the squat and deadlift because if you miss like your third attempt, your second might be 10 kilos less. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you're behind so far. And then you might, let's say you fall 10 kilos behind on squat, then you might become aggressive on bench. And then you might lose two and a half or five on bench. So then you have to be really aggressive on that deadlift. And then uh, you won't be able to make up that ground. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my prediction is Danny. Uh, probably just solely based on experience. I think it counts for a lot. Yeah. And, and another thing uh, worth noting is it, it seemed like Danny was uh, injured towards the end of last year. Um, so she wasn't posting too much as far as squats and deadlifts. And then at the Arnold, she didn't post a PR total, but it seemed like she got most of her strength back. And then now with her training numbers, it looks like she's gotten all her strength backing and, and uh, moving towards some PR. So it'll be interesting to see how much she can push it while having lost some of that training time. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, move on to the men's. Uh Seems like the 83s is going to be the the real juicy battle between Russell Orhe and Brett Gibbs. Um, again, this is this is a hard one because Brett hasn't really been posting uh, too many training videos. Yeah, so I had to go kind of further back for him to see what some of his numbers were because, yeah, recently – um, I guess he may have tweaked his quad again like he did last year. So he hasn't been posting too much training footage. And the footage that he is posting isn't anything big. Um, but yeah, go going back a little bit further, I, I saw that he did post a 675-pound squat, which is 306 kilos, uh, compared to Russ's post a 710-pound squat, 322 kilos. So a, a big a big difference there with, with – uh, Russ posting up a 16-kilo uh, bigger squat. Uh, on bench, again, Gibbs hasn't been posting too much other than he's always, like, benching 200 kilos, whether it's a single, double, or triple. <laughs> uh, so that's all, all I can find is 200 kilos, 440 pounds for a triple, uh, compared to Russ's posted uh, 193 kilos. So there, so there uh, Gibbs gains uh, 7 kilos, even if he just counts a single. If he counts a triple, then obviously there's a, a lot more on the bench for Gibbs to gain. Maybe yeah. 20, 20 kilos more, 25 kilos more, yeah. um, depending on how far he can push it and try and get maybe uh, that world record. Yeah. And then for deadlift, there was some competition Gibbs did where he did a 325 uh, kilo pull, 716 pounds. And then on the way down, he like dropped it, so it didn't actually count in the competition. But it was still a good lift compared to uh, the most I've seen out of Russ is 317.5 kilos, which is 700 pounds. So... Gibbs has uh, at least an advantage there as well, seven and a half kilos. Yeah, this this looks like it could be another one that's going to come down to a third pole between these two. Yeah, and uh, Gibbs has the uh, the experience. He's been around quite a while. I, I met him at 2014 uh, Classic Worlds in South Africa, and before that he competed uh, equipped uh, so he has plenty of experience at the world championships. He's done different invitationals. He's come over to the Arnold. Um, he's done Oceania championships. So he's done a lot of traveling with being from New Zealand or Australia. You pretty much have to 
travel halfway across the world for any championship. So he's used to that traveling and the time change and the food change and, and being in a different atmosphere. So that definitely gives him an advantage there. And obviously he already has the, the bigger total. And um, if he can keep that uh, bigger deadlift, uh, I think that'll help him out a lot because he'll be able to gain some of the ground or all the ground he loses in squat back in the bench press. And then he can just hold on to it with the deadlift. Yeah, and especially if he's healthy. Um, this is another one I think it's probably going to come down to experience, but Russ has been looking really, <laughs> really good uh, yeah, yeah. in all of his training recently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, several months back, like after our nationals, if, if you had asked me and maybe asked other people, pretty much probably everyone would have thought, oh, Gib- Gibbs is too far ahead. Um, Russ had posted up a couple bad meets last year. Um as far as like compared to his best total. So you would think Gibbs is going to win another year, but then, yeah. And then you hear that he's like, uh, Gibbs is like strained his quad again, just like he did a previous year and he hasn't been posting too much. So who knows what he's actually capable of, um, on game day. And maybe if he pushes it too hard on a squat, maybe he'll make it worse. So now, yeah, maybe he has to pull back some of his numbers because he's been pulled back his training. And now, yeah, it becomes much a closer battle. And uh, so it definitely makes it much more interesting, whereas the nomination was uh, a 29 and a half kilo difference. Yeah. That, that, that's cl- that gap has closed a lot with how good Russ's training has looked and uh, Gibbs possibly not being 100%. Yeah. So what, what's your ultimate prediction? Or you don't want to say? It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's so hard to predict because you don't know how injured Gibbs is. Yeah. And whether he'll make it worse if he tries to push the squat. Um, yeah, I think this is a really tough one to call. Yeah, it, he and and there'll be like a bunch of world records being broken. So Russ might chip the the world record squat, and then Gibbs might chip the uh, world record bench. They both might break the uh, the total. So it, it comes down to a, a lot of different aspects: what they weigh in at, um, who makes three squats, who makes three benches. Even previously, Gibbs has had issues with um, his deadlift grip. So if he has to maybe do a big pull to pull for the win, he might lose his grip because it's something he hasn't handled before. But if I had to take a guess and I would say, okay, maybe Gibbs isn't 100% and Russ is feeling good, got a lot of confidence with him, I'll go with our boy Russell Orhe to take the win. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree, uh, but like by a small margin. It's it's just a tough one to call, but yeah, I think Russ looks pretty good for the win on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think it might just come down to Russ makes his third deadlift, puts the pressure on Gibbs to do a huge pull, and uh, and Gibbs can't finish the pull, and uh, Russ takes it. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, anybody else you want to discuss? Any other interesting uh, narratives or battles? Those are the big things that uh, I noticed, and then we obviously asked on our, our IG story, and everyone was asking about Russ versus Gibbs, so that was like the big one. Um, some other things to to watch for. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was just Ray Williams, even though it's not really a battle because we don't have <laughs> Kelly, we don't have Kelly Branton or uh, Luke Richardson and some other guys this year. You do still have uh, Jezza there, who is obviously going to put up a huge total and, and a huge squat. But he just can't keep up with, with Ray. 
um, on deadlift, so he just falls behind a lot. But I think what that what that does is that that opens the door for Ray to to go aggressive, because yeah. if if he has if he knows no one's going to catch him, he can push his attempts a little bit more and try and go possibly for that 500 kilo squat. Yeah, dude, the, that would be insane. I mean, he just doubled a thousand. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, and, and usually, like, anything above 1,000, you only see him uh, do it for a single. So it's interesting. It might be one of the first times that he's actually doubled uh, over 1,000. Yeah, and, and Depp looked solid on them, too. So it's going to be good to watch. Yeah, so I, I think if he's if he's feeling good that day, um, depending on what, how much he's gotten to eat and, like, what time of the day it is, if he's feeling tired or not um, – I, I think that there there's a shot because his best is 490, so 10 kilos isn't that far away from when you have that big of a squat. Yep. So I think if you see something like maybe 480, the 485 on the second attempt, and it moves well, I, I think you're going to see 500 on the third, which will just be something crazy to watch, um, regardless if there's no competition or not. Yeah, it would be absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and then obviously if he gets that, that sets him up really well for the bench and deadlift to then just put up a huge uh, world record total. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and the, the other battle I was looking at just to go out, outside the open and go to the, the junior division, uh, w- one of the weight classes has been good in the juniors last couple of years is, is the 72s. Yeah. So um, last year, actually, our, our favorite, Chloe Dublin, competed um, while she was injured. So her squad and deadlift were much lower than uh, what she was capable of. So Jessica Butner actually from Canada won the 72s last year in the juniors, and she, now she's aged up to the Open. She's battling it out with uh, Kim Wofford and the other girls in the Open. And then <clears throat> Vilma Olsen got second place last year, and then Chloe got third place last year. So now we actually have Chloe again there nominated as the top lifter, and then we have Vilma Olsen there again second, and then another Swede, uh, Ida Ron, there's third. And they they all have over 500 kilo totals, and actually Ida did like a local meet where she actually did seven and a half kilos more than her nomination. So again, the nomination says 500, but she's done 507.5, and she has the uh, the biggest deadlift too. So I think that's going to be really good battle for anyone who wants to watch that one before the open starts. I think uh, Chloe and Vilma will go back and forth for the squat wheel record and the bench wheel record. Um, but you have to watch out for, for Ida because if they push it too hard trying to go for these world records and miss, and uh, then Ida can come and like backdoor them with a, a big deadlift and maybe get second or even first place. Chloe has a big pull too, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's done. She's nominated here at 215, um, but I know Ida's done 222.5 in her in a recent meet. Yeah, that would be good to watch. So yeah, and, and I mean those are those are some crazy numbers: five hundred, five hundred one, and five twenty um, as juniors. It's insane. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, that if they were in the open, that would put them in the top five as well. I mean, Chloe's five twenty would nominate her in third in the open. Yeah, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. So that, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy what these these uh, junior ladies are doing and. Uh, they still have a number of years left. So Chloe and Vilma are turning 20 this year. Um, so they have a few years left and they're actually, both of them are closing in on the uh, open world record squat. So who knows, maybe in a year or two, they might be breaking the, uh, the world record for the open. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be wild. 
There's, yeah. all, there's also, I, I mentioned that that 120 from Turkey, the junior Senk Kosak. Oh, yeah. He's uh, nominating total is 912, which is would put him second in the open. Yeah, it, it's it's funny that we had like a uh, a similar situation um, last year with Rondell Hunt from Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, he was actually like nominated somewhere top in the open. I don't remember where it was, and I think he ended up at the end of it after everyone competed. His junior total like told more than what would have won the open. Um, but his his nation wanted to keep him in the juniors because it was like his first world championship and it would have been the first like world title for their country. So they just want to make sure he can actually get a win. And so he actually competed in the juniors and won the juniors, totaling more than the Open. And and now you might get a similar thing we got with this guy, Senk Kosak from, uh, from Turkey, where he has 9-12 and then the top Open is... Um, Nine seventeen and a half. Nine nine seventeen and a half. So he might actually end up totaling more than him. When I fir- when I first saw that, because I don't know who this guy is, uh, I wasn't sure if it was like a legit nomination. I was like, oh, maybe he won't even make it till final nomination. They might pull him off or something. But here we are, final nominations, and he's he's still in there, going yeah. against our our U.S. guy Tristan Nazarod, who's been on our team for uh, a few years now. So yeah. I gave that. I gave him a quick look on Instagram too, and his training it kind of matches up with his his nominating total. So, yeah, I saw. Yeah, he's been posting up some training footage, and he yeah he's been hitting some big numbers. Uh, not sure where his body weight's at to see how much he needs to cut. Um, so yeah, that's definitely going to be another interesting battle, and, and to see what he actually totals compared to what the open will total later in the week. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I think that wraps it up. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's. I mean, that's pretty much it. We can go through every single weight class and division. There's so many people <laughs> to talk about, so many things to talk about. Whether it's uh, Joseph Pena in the the juniors, we got Dave Ricks in the the masters three. These guys are gonna be, uh, breaking world records. We got yeah. lots of guys that've been around a, a long time. Um, again, just to mention Dave Ricks, he's been around for like forty years. Forty years, excuse me. Um, so there's, there's so many names when you have 700 lifters or however many it is, but I think that covers the big thing. Everyone wanted to hear the battle of Russ versus Gibbs. And we also threw in some other ones in there with Danny versus Amanda, uh, Megan versus, uh, Maria. So definitely going to be a really good world championship. It's also, um, also your first year, uh, coaching the national team. Yeah. For the open. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 2014 and 2015, I was an assistant. Um, 2016, 17, 18, I was the sub-junior and junior head coach. And then now, yeah, 2019, 2020, and 2021, I'll be the open head coach. So it'll be a little bit different. It'll be about half the, the lifters, so a little easier to manage. And everyone's kind of spread out in their own session. So we yeah. don't really have to worry about, like, one lifter per session. We have a couple sessions where we got two lifters, like we got Danny and Amanda together in a session, and we got David Wilson and um, L.S. McLean together in a session. But overall, it's a little bit easier just to focus on one one lifter, um, whereas like the sub-juniors and juniors, they kind of pack everyone in. So sometimes we have three, four, five people in one session, and we've even had it before where they've had like all the sub-junior women in one session on two platforms. So we'd have like 
eight girls going on at the same time on two different platforms and different flights. So it's a little hectic to keep track of everyone that way. And you need a lot of personal coaches coming. Yeah. Whereas here, here it's a little bit easier. It's going to be me every session. My assistant coach is Bill McCarthy. He'll be there every session. And then if a lifters bring in their personal coach, their personal coach would be the, the third person in the back room for that session. Cool. Yeah. So excited, excited to watch. Yeah. So I head out tomorrow night, and then uh, the first day, the first session, we have uh, Chiaki and uh, Melissa competing. On Tuesday, right? Yep. At like 2 a.m., though, I think, or something crazy. Yeah, with the, the time difference, um, I think it's six hours ahead of Eastern time. So, yeah, if you have like a 8 a.m. start there, it's going to be 2 a.m. for you guys. Um, cool. Even some, of, even some of the afternoon sessions, if it's like, a, let's say, like a – uh, a noon start and that yeah it's gonna still be 6 a.m for you guys so you guys will miss out on some of the stuff live um but then when you wake up obviously you can go back and look at the live stream and go look at the score sheet and see how things went down yep and then cool. then obviously for the for the big events if you want to watch the battles or if you want to watch maybe ray try 500 kilos you might have to stay up late for those <laughs> Be, I'll say I'll say up late to watch a 500 kilo spot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I think that wraps it up. So good luck in Sweden. Yeah. Thank you. Talk to you all soon. All right. Sounds good.